Welcome to Mildly Interested. I'm Joe Whitefield. In this series focusing on principles and leadership, Rich Wonders and I discuss the 14 leadership principles used by Amazon to guide all aspects of their business. Enjoy the program and thank you for your interest. So welcome into the program. This is going to be episode one of Principles and Leadership as we're kind of focusing in on the Amazon case study. Uh, in this again, I'm Joe Whitefield. I'm joined with Rich Wonders here today. Hey, Rich, Joe. Welcome. Glad, glad to have you here as we uh, focus on this. In our lead-in to this, we talked about a number of things: uh, mental models, and as we're talking about, you know, basically effective leaders, right? How how can you be more effective in in, in leadership, and and the role that uh, principles play in that? Um, so today, we're going to really start with uh, with some of the principles that Amazon. Uh, uses in their uh, corporate structure that, are, as we've said before, that are out there. But uh, we're going to kind of break those down a little bit. So, um, Rich, where would you like to start? So, I, so Joe, I, you know, it's 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 fascinating when you look at all fourteen of these because you know, as as if you had fourteen children, you you know, you love them all, but you you do tend to have favorites, right? right? You tend to have ones. <laughs> we all do. We don't have 14, but we have our favorites. Okay. Um, um, but two of the ones that are, I think, universally true and dominate so much of what happens inside my company are customer obsession uh-huh. and earns trust. And we'll unpack those a little bit. The customer obsession one, as, as we're going to talk about, it's not really breaking new ground here because we'll we'll I'll, I'll unpack that a little bit and we'll we'll talk about some of the mechanisms we use to mm-hmm. to, to to really animate the customer obsession notion. But then when we start talking about earns trust, that's that's a real interesting one. It starts to separate out a lot of people. Well, there I know all of these are linked, right? Correct. They're all complementary and linked. But I, th- uh, I think those two in particular are are quite linked, and yes. I think our uh, audience will understand that. Uh, when we when we get into them a little bit, so let's do that. Let's just start right there. So um, the customer obsession, and and you point out to me all the words are chosen very very carefully from just the title, which we teased in our uh, lead in um, uh, uh, podcast. Now we get into them a little more deeper, a little deeper. Customer obsession says this: leaders start with the customer and work backwards. They work vigorously to earn and keep customer trust. Although leaders pay attention to competitors. They obsess over customers. So even those words are chosen very carefully, right? Very carefully. And starting with those words, one of the more interesting things that I, uh, I discovered when I, when I came to Amazon is, is places I had worked before um, had an, an obsession over the competition, wanting to stay ahead of the competition, wanting to maintain market share, um, wanting to maintain... Um, early mover advantages against the competition. Here, in 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 my current employer, we don't talk about the comp- competitors. We talk about the customers. Right. And and the focus is singularly and solely on doing what satisfies and delights the customers. Now, look, the interesting thing is is when you put this out there and you work for a company like that, everybody who's going to listen to us has had an experience. With my company, and probably not all of those experiences have been five star. Right. 
Um, and and I think that's one of the things to remember is not every experience that you're going to be able to have with your customer is going to be um, you know worth writing up and telling everybody about. But one of the things that that Amazon did from the very 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 early days is they don't hide any customer ratings. You go and you look for reviews on anything. They don't bury anything. If people think a product is not good or their experience has is, is, is been bad, it's out there. But one of the things that the company does is it takes those to heart and, and then it goes to remedy the problem, fix the problem. And so as you read the definition, one of the things it talked about is working backwards. Right. And so like so many of the other things that we'll talk about, it's not that we're breaking new ground here. I mean, uh, we mentioned it in the earlier episode, you know, Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Right. Start with the end in mind. Right. Begin with the end in mind. Right. Begin with the end in mind. This yeah. is the same concept. It's, it's working. It's this notion of working backwards. And, and one of the things that has helped um, animate each of these are a set of mechanisms that, that the company puts in place and uses to help um, move these principles along or instill these principles. Well, let me, let me hit you up on something real quick um, because one of the things that's interesting to me you know, as I work in higher ed and facilities management, you know, and I work at a large state school, mm-hmm. and so one of the things we talk, we talk a lot about customers too, but the difference is we have to define who our customers are. Who are our customers? We think about, okay, are they students? Certainly. Are they the you know, oftentimes the parents that are footing the bills, certainly. Are they taxpayers? Yes. We get into a lot of discussions between customers and stakeholders and things like that. And that's one that's why one of the real fascinating things to me is to think in terms of, you know, going to Amazon, who your customers are very clearly defined for you, are right. they? You know, while we sometimes struggle to think who our customers are and who's going to review us, um, and it's it's kind of an interesting notion that when you get into you, know, you get into governmental agencies, you get into all kinds of things. But we all have customers. I think that's the point: is that we all have customers, and that customer experience. As long as people have choices, as long as they can go somewhere else, to you know, and uh, for an education or for business or to get their products or whatever it is, as long as they can go somewhere else, they're basically customers. And so we've we've heard a lot in the last you know, particularly the last couple of decades about the customer experience. So this is very important: a customer obsession, as it's defined here. But it's that customer experience, right? And, and so one of the things that I'll tease out here is this notion of, of working backwards. Yeah. Right? And so right. every process that, um, that, that we start, let me, in fact, let me, let me back up and be a little bit even more specific. Um, in many companies, new products are launched, new services, new offerings are put out in the marketplace because a set of smart people engineers, product managers, marketing people come forward and go, hey, we think this makes sense. Not suggesting that that's always bad. Um, Anytime any new product is even considered, you start with what's in it for the customer. And the mechanisms that you use is the very first thing that any new product team does is you write a press release you write a press release that is some point forward in the future, probably three years, and you write this press release as if you're explaining what this thing does for the customer. This is not about what it does for the company. It's what it does for the customer. And by the way, I should have probably mentioned that before you even do would do that, you, you will have had 
large amounts of feedback that have come from customers that say, we want this feature, we want this service. We don't just go build a left-handed football because an engineer thinks we ought to build a left-handed football, right? right? Um, and part of that is, as I mentioned, the review, the customer reviews, we don't hide anything. So you, you take even those one-star reviews and you learn from them. And so you now work backwards to say, okay, so here's what I'm hearing from our customers and here's what I'm hearing in the market. And if I can write a, a, a press release as if it were two years down the road when this thing that I'm talking about building hits the market and I'm able to to answer a set of frequently asked questions. I mean, it's it's an entire process. It's the work we call the working backwards process. Right. And, and once you establish that, then that becomes the guiding principle for the team that's building that product or that service. Because, you know, as an engineer, you get a bunch of smart people in a room and new ideas start to take hold. Right. And the thing that you started on, you may end up 90 degrees right. in the other direction. What this does is this serves as kind of that milepost that says, no, 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 no. This is the thing we agreed to. This is the thing we're going to build. Let's not deviate from Well, that. we've talked about those decisions that you have to make. There's always decisions. There's so trade-offs. Trade-offs. What are your principles? Understanding and, and, and serving the customer. Again, I've heard it said this way. I'm, I'm hearing a little bit of this in, in this, and that is, you know, you don't sell. You help the customer buy. In other words, you, you, you you're, help you're meeting make needs. their decisions. Right. That's right. You're meeting needs more than selling things, right? I mean, the whole idea uh, in, in our in our uh, market economy is to you know is, is to meet needs. And yes, we can have opportunities and we can you know serve the wants as well. But again, so much of this is, is fundamental, you know, meeting meeting needs. And if you're not one thing's for sure, if you're not meeting the needs of your customer. Right, and then that's an important thing to understand because if necessity is the motherhood of invention, people are going to work to get their basic needs met. That's very fundamental, very you know, human. You know what I'm saying? So, so helping you know really meet their needs, but beginning with that as the starting point. You know. Well, so let me stop you there because because it's interesting that you say that is because behind every one of these are these um, what we call key tenets. Let's okay. just call them. Immutable laws that will that will never change, okay. and and there aren't many of them, but when it comes to customer obsession, there is a belief, and I think it's universally true. Customers will always want a cheaper prices, right. b a larger selection, and c they'll want it faster, and those tend to be universal truths, and so back to the mental model that we talked about earlier, um, when those become the fundamental underpinnings of whatever you're going to do, you're going to give more options at better prices faster or put it in the hands of the customer faster. Right. Well, ultimately, it's just the value proposition, right? What's what's the value here, right? And, and what do I value in terms of you know speed or, or price or quality or all those things? I mean, th- those are all integral components to the total value proposition. And, and so customers will want value. How they determine that, you know, again, as an economist and as a person that looks at some of that kind of stuff, how people determine that, what they put their value and, and what they value and how much they value. The person that values a $5 cup of coffee versus somebody that doesn't pay 50 cents for a cup of coffee. For, you know, it it kind of runs the gamut. But that's, that's, the, that's one of the great things, again, uh, it, it makes Amazon such a great case study is because you provide so much to so many, you have to evaluate that on such a large scale. Well, and that's why you always start with, it always starts with what's the right thing to do yeah. for the customer. And so then you mention now 
the second one we want to talk about was this notion of earning trust. Well, I think that's a, such a key thing because right here in the middle of customer obsession, it says you work vigorously to earn and keep customer trust. What a perfect segue into the next one, earns trust. And it says this, the principle, the Amazon principle for earn trust is leaders listen attentively, speak candidly, and treat others respectfully. They're vocally self-critical, even when doing so is awkward or embarrassing. Leaders do not believe their uh, their or their team's body odor smells of perfume. That's interesting. Uh, they benchmark themselves and their teams against the best. Tackle that one for me. Tell me a little bit about that. So there used to be a separate leadership principle called vocally self-critical, and they kind of rolled it into this um, this overarching thing of earns trust. Mm-hmm. And so um, there has been extensive studies done on these leadership principles really to try to understand what of these principles can be learned mm-hmm. and what are just innate. Right. And the reason why that's important is because in the hiring process, if you believe that these are foundational to your business, you want to understand what of these principles that the people you're interviewing embrace. And so while some of them, as we'll get into later, dive deep. I can teach somebody how to, you know, pull apart the facts and go go several layers down. You can kind of teach somebody how to do that. The one leadership principle that is, through study, is determined to be universally innate, and that is earns trust. I can't teach somebody how to earn trust. Now, and, and that becomes so important for both customers and your peers inside the company. So this this becomes, let me ask you this, this way, because as, as you say this, I'm immediately thinking of, of something, you, you talk about the innateness of that, if you will, and that is to earn someone's trust, you're saying you have to be, are we talking about integrity here? Are we talking about honesty? You're talking about people who at their core are... Are, are honest and have integrity? Is that what you're talking about? Uh, it doesn't, y- y- yes. It doesn't necessarily manifest itself that way in the way that we go to seek it. So let me give you a very specific okay, example. So when in, in, in the interview process, and by the way, we could do an entire series on the interviewing process and the That's hiring true. process That's at a true. place like, like Amazon. But one of the things that we, it, by, and by the way, in the interview process, what we are trying to do is we're trying to to tease out from you how well you live these leadership principles without even knowing it. Right. And so one of the things we get at in Earns Trust is there's a very specific set of questions. Like ex- one of the questions might be for you, is I might say, Joe, tell me about a time when you saw a peer of yours really struggling. Mm-hmm. What did you do? Mm-hmm. Or Joe, tell me about the worst f- professional failure you have had. And, and those are questions that are that people aren't typically prepared for. Right. They don't really – because you don't usually get those because the questions in an interview are usually the happy path. Joe, tell me about the best thing you've done in your career. Well, right? this is that's so true because one of the things is we and we know or we talk about the fact that you know experience is a great teacher, right? So when you're bringing these things out, it's like what have you learned? And if you've had – if all you're doing is the happy path and talking about things like that, yes, you can learn something like that. But the point is – where have you had to recover? Where have you had to actually see these things borne out and had, had a demonstration? And that's the most important part of the question is, yeah. Joe, tell me about 
tell me about the, the the worst loss you've had in your professional career, and what did you learn from it, right. and how did you move forward? Right. And that's really what is intended. It's so it's intended to get to the core of of how you handle failure, how you deal with colleagues, how you help others. Um, you know, e- even the way you frame conversations when we when, when when we interview somebody, are you always talking about me, me, me? Are you talking about we? Are right. you talking about? I mean, at the end of the day, I do want to understand what you did as an individual to contribute to that, but I also want to understand what you did to help the team, to help the organization. And so, again, earns trust when when you when you strip everything out. I mean, the. The, the objective, Joe, when, when, when we bring a bunch of people together, I think in any setting, the objective ought to be to a- achieve the right outcome, to seek the truth, not necessarily for you to defend your position. Right. So when you come in a meeting, I, I'm less interested in, is Joe's position going to win? I'm more interested, is, is Joe going to come into the meeting and try to get to the right outcome for everybody, for the customers, and do we seek the truth? And so, all those are really wrapped up in your ability to earn trust. And so, if you were to look at all those leadership principles and suggest, is there one that will determine success or failure inside this company? It's the ability to earn trust, and it's the, it's the one thing that will disqualify somebody when we look at them. They may have the most glowing resume right. with incredible experience and expertise. But if they, if we sense that they, that that they underachieve on their ability to earn trust, that's the one thing that will we'll get well, us qualified. Well, all these things, and that's the really interesting part of it, because all of these things to me, very quickly become manipulation. If it's not authentic, if, if, if there's not that, and you can read, you know, sort of vulnerability, and here you have to be willing to, uh, like I say, you're going to talk about failures. You're going to talk about. You're going to try to find out what is truth seeking, right? What is truth? That's a lot different than, like I said, just justifying my position, and I mm-hmm. always win. So, so to go in, and if that's really the goal, and I mean really the goal, not just where it's just glossed over, if that's really the goal, then you've got to be willing to go in and and drill down on that. Um, the fact that you're talking about it, it says that there's no... The, you know, I, can't, I just have to say it. You know, they do not believe they are their team's body odor... Uh, smells of perfume. The point is, you're willing to, to look at that's, it. In an that's honest that's way. vocally self-critical, right? And that's right. one of the things that we often talk about. That I talk about with 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 my team and my peers is even in a situation where you come out um, and and you didn't achieve the outcome you want. The most important thing now is to then discover. Okay, so what did we do well? But what did we? What could we do better? Right. What could we learn from? What would we do different? Knowing what you know today, right? How would have you handled this differently six months ago? Well, that's you get the input. You you're trying to be if, if, if perfecting or improving the product or improving the service is the goal. Then you have to do that. I'm just kind of reminded as we kind of wrap up this se- this section uh, session is uh, I'm reminded I think of uh, the Eagles. You know, and that song from taken, Philadelphia it, or the no, 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 not the Philadelphia. For the, the, the and I'll call them the rock group. Some people call them a vocal group. I know they're in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, so okay. we'll go with that. Uh, you know, kind of an Eagles fan, but uh, watching an Eagles documentary, they go back to the the song. You know, take it easy. Right. And honestly, this all came about. Believe it or living in Los Angeles, doing a lot of work. And anyway, Jackson Brown was the original uh, owner and, and writer of that song. 
but uh, he was standing on the corner in Winslow, Arizona, and was stuck. He couldn't do the next line, and so he basically gave it to uh, Glenn Fry, and um, and they took it from there. And of course, we know what happened there. They took the song over and you know created made it a, theirs, made it theirs, right? But it took the input of somebody else. I mean, literally, it's a collaboration, right? So. It, it, kind of a similar thing here that when you're working in an organization you have talent and you have experiences and expertise there you have to bring it to bear which means in order to do that you have to and I guess what I'm reading into this or trying to understand is that there's a little bit of sharing the sharing the spotlight and everyone making the contribution so that you can get you can get the lyrics right does well, that make sense it makes it makes a lot of sense and so kind of putting a final point on this as we as we wrap up and I'm going to go back to what we talked about in in, in our opening session and that was taking it out of a business setting as parents you know and when I look at what are the things that I want to instill my my kids with what are the things you want to instill your kids with you want your your kids to be able to earn the trust of their friends of the person who will be their mate for life um, and and of all these things that 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 concept of earning the trust of those around you um, is universal it's not a business issue right <clears throat> this is why you and I have a friendship that has lasted 40 years 40 plus years yeah right, right. it's because we have we, we we have each other's back and we've earned trust in ways that you know, it doesn't happen overnight, um, but requires you, in, in in most settings, to be selfless and think about, you know, the greater good or the other person first. Very good. Well, those are the first couple of principles, and uh, uh, when we learn more, stay tuned, and we'll talk about a few more in the upcoming episodes.